Hey, it's Rob here, and this episode is going to be about uncovering the beliefs that you may have about yourself as an athlete or as a person that might be holding you back. And we're going to start to change some of the beliefs that you might not even know that you've been telling yourself that could be affecting your athletic performance. I'm going to start with a story. It's a story you're definitely familiar with, um, but I'm going to take you deeper into the story and give you a bit more depth about how um, it panned out. And it's the story of Roger Bannister and the late, great John Landy, uh, who recently passed away. Um, and John Landy, one of Australia's greatest ever athletes. Uh, so the story goes that the four-minute mile was something that was desperately wanted, as Landy ended up saying, around the world for many, many years. Over the war years, the, the mile mark or the time had been brought down generally by the Swedish athletes because they were neutral, so they weren't in the Second World War. But the, the, the record got down to four minutes and one second, and that it had been there for nine years, and no one had been able to break that four minute and one second. Now John Landy was deemed to be the world's best miler, and he was the one that everyone around the world was tipping was going to actually break the four minute barrier first. Uh, and this incidentally comes from a book called The Perfect Mile, if you want to read this even more. So in the two years before Bannister broke the four-minute mile, Landy had run four minutes and two seconds on seven different occasions. And he concluded in 1954, he said this statement, Frankly, I think the four-minute mile is beyond my capabilities. Two seconds may not sound much, but to me it's like trying to break through a brick wall. Someone may achieve the four-minute mile the world is wanting so desperately, but I don't think I can. And the interesting thing in that statement is that belief that we hear Landy kind of summarize at the end, I don't think I can. Right there, we hear how the mental side of Landy's performance dictated how much of his physical um, capabilities he was able to access. And this is why it becomes important. So on the 6th of May, 1954, Roger Bannister was heading to the track uh, to attempt the sub four minute mile, he had his paces ready who were going to drag him around the track at the, at the required pace on the way. It was raining and it was windy. It was a terrible it was a usual normal winter 's day in England, uh, but it was um, a terrible conditions to try and attempt this amazing feat and Landy had said to his coach, "You know what this is not the day i 'm not going to try it today it 's not worth it let 's put it off you know let 's do it another time now his coach said to him, do you know what? I think you can run a 3.56. And if you don't try today, you may regret it for the rest of your life. Now, I heard Bannister interviewed, uh, this is about 10 years ago, uh, about this. And he said, I still don't know if my coach actually meant that, if he really believed I could run a 3.56. But that's not what was important. He installed that belief in Bannister that, hey, I think you can do this. Now, whether or not that belief comes externally as it came from his coach or internally from our own you know, intrinsic motivations or intrinsic self-talk, what's important is that Bannister ran around that track that day believing that he could run a 356 mile. And as we all know, he ran that 359 in May. Now, here's the critical part to this. 46 days later, on the 21st of June, 1954, Landy ran 358.0, 358 flat. This is only 46 days after he said, 
I don't think I can break the world, the, the four-minute mile. I've tried seven times and I've fallen short. Now, Landy, just incidentally, Landy was self-coached. So he didn't have that person that Bannister had to say, hey, mate, I think you can actually do this. So Landy was relying on his own beliefs. So let's, let's get into the topic instead of telling stories. Uh, so beliefs are things that we kind of believe is true, whether it's been proven or not. And they can originate from somebody else telling you something. For example, at school, you might have been told you never be good at maths or music's not your forte or Jen's a faster runner than you, for example. But they can also arise from our own negative self-talk that we develop in a um, situation. I remember meeting somebody who um, had this belief that they were clumsy. Now, I didn't actually think they were clumsy, but they told me this belief. And I said, where, where did you get that from? And they said, oh, when I was in school, I was in a relay and I dropped the baton and I told myself, oh, I'm so clumsy. And then other people were also telling me that we would have won the race if I wasn't so clumsy and dropped the baton. So that became her kind of embedded uh, negative belief that, that held her back, obviously, in life. So what we're looking for are the beliefs in your life and in your athlete, athletic performance that are really holding you back. Now, you may have heard me tell the story about mine, which was I ha- used to have a belief I'm not a fast runner. And I could tell you a hundred reasons why I wasn't. I could back it up with all these stories about where I was beaten or my times slowed. But it wasn't until someone took me aside and challenged it and said, do you know what? I don't know if that's really true. Where did you get that from? Where did you decide that? You know, what are you? Who are you comparing yourself? What time are you comparing yourself? And these are the kind of questions you can start to use as well. Um, those kind of challenging, you know, questions like, "How do you know you're not a fast runner? What would it actually take for you to say that you're a fast runner? What compared to what? What does fast mean?" And, and all these kind of, you go deeper into it, you get closer to the belief, and it starts to really dissolve because none of us really take the time. To, to do it unless you do it consciously. So today I want you to want to help you find those beliefs that you may have that you might not even know. They may be just thoughts that are recurring in your mind that you're not even aware of, but somewhere along the line they could be holding you back. So I'm going to give you a few examples of people that I've I've heard in the past and it just just could be worth listening to these to see if any of these are yours. Um, I'm not as good as blank. I'm getting slower as I get older. I'm not such and such enough. So insert that I'm not smart enough, fast enough, good enough, uh, funny enough, good looking enough, blah, blah, blah. I used to be something, but I'm not anymore. So-and-so has always been faster, better, stronger than me. This is too hard. I don't have the time for this. I don't have the money for this. I'm scared that if I do this, I might get injured. It doesn't matter how much I try, it won't make a difference. Other examples of these could be things like just those sentences that start with I am and then listen very carefully to what comes next because it could be a limiting belief like I am not there, I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, Uh, I can't, I will never be able to, I don't know enough about, and and the old one, the, the, the main one that we look at, I am not something enough. There's a great story out of um, US from a, a baseballer called Jose Carrera. Now, Jose Carrera recently signed with the um, Yankees, but his whole life he was told he wasn't tall enough to be a shortstop. So Carrera's five foot two, and the the genuine like the the general general no genuine the general height for a shortstop in baseball is six feet. So Carrera was told his whole life you're not tall enough to be a shortstop, funnily, you know, 
pardon the pun, Carrera, this used to hold him back until he got to the point in high school where he decided to turn it around. And he said, I'm not going to be told this anymore. And he said, he came out and said this when he signed his junior contract. He said, this game's not about size. The biggest thing you can have in this game is your heart and the mental side of it. If you're tough and you believe in yourself, you can succeed. That's what I think. So this is how he kind of reframed because he could have embodied that belief. If you've got coaches and, and mentors and people all around you telling you, you know what, you can't be a shortstop. You've got to be six feet tall. You're only five foot two. They used to call him the spark plug because he was a short little pocket rocket. But um, he didn't embody it. And he, he challenged the belief and said, it's not about my size. He ended up saying um, something like, uh, God gave me the talent, but not the height. But he gave other people the height and not the talent. And that's how he challenged those limiting beliefs. And, you know, now he's signed a multi-million dollar contract with the Yankees. Great story. So this is all about you. And I want you to find a belief that you might have that's holding you back in your performance. And there's three steps to it. The first one is listen to what you say to yourself or that language that you use. I'm not as good as all those examples I gave before, or I'm not blah, 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 or I can't, or it's too hard. And just catch that thought and see if you can write it down and and kind of say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was saying that to myself. I didn't realize I was telling it to myself. Um, I'm not motivated. I haven't got the motivation that such and such does. I don't do as much training as such and such, all those kind of things. The second step is the critical one. Grab the belief, put it in a sentence so you know what it is, and then just start to chip away at it like you're just questioning it and challenging it, using those questions like, how do I know that? Is that really true? What do I believe, you know, what do I believe, what do I have to believe to make that stay with me? What happens if I didn't have that belief? You know, who could I be without that belief? Um, or try and define it. When you say enough, what does enough mean? Or what does fast enough mean? Or what does strong enough mean? Or what does motivated enough actually mean? And start to define it. Because the closer you can get into your belief, it, the more it will dissolve. And when you start to dissolve it, there's room for a new belief. Because that's step three. Come up with a kind, a more, for want of a better word, more empowering, but, but a belief that, that helps you and supports you and challenges you instead of holds you back. So I've got a few examples um, for you that you might want to take. So there's Emma Murray, a, a mind, mindfulness coach for the Richmond Tigers. Um, she's got this great belief that she switches hers to, which is, I can do hard things. So if your belief is, oh, it's too hard, or I haven't got what it takes, and you can start to chip away at your belief and then say, you know what, I can do hard things. Can you just feel how it's just a little bit different, just a little bit change there. Sometimes you can flip it right around. So my old belief, I'm not a fast runner. Uh, You could flip it completely 180 degrees and say, I am a fast runner. But for me, uh, my head was like, no, you're not. I've been telling you for 30 years, you're not fast. You can't all of a sudden start trying to convince me that you are fast. So you have to kind of sneak up on it and just change it around a little bit. So the the belief that I eventually came up with, with with the the help from um, a mate of mine, Pete Shaw, was I love to run fast. Now, Pete helped me to get that, and I just tried that on for a few months and just like, instead of, can you just feel that in your, in your body? I'm not a fast runner. Imagine going for a, a speed set or a speed session, a tempo run, thinking, I'm not a fast runner. And then just flip that to when you're running your tempo, your speed set. I love this. I love running fast. It's just a small shift, but it can make a huge difference in accessing your physical performance. A few more examples for you. Maybe this is possible. 
maybe I could just do this. Or I've done this in the past, so I can do this in the future. Something like every time I do a training session, I get better. Showing up is more important than the results. And here's another one. I love swimming. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to give it my best. I'm just going to give it a crack. And these types of things just come from having a go instead of trying to be perfect. When you can just let go of that perfection or or what other people are thinking of you or how good you're going to look and just have a crack, sometimes that can really unlock something. There's there's a saying... um, kind of you get to that point where you just say fuck it i'm just gonna have a go you know where you throw everything out the window all your expectations all your goals just go i'm just gonna do this another another really good one is how good is this when you're at the four and four k mark of your 5k run and everything hurts and it's painful and if you can just switch it to instead of oh i'm hurting or or i'm you know not as fast or i'm slowing down blah 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 and you can just grab onto how good is this? And just go with that. I am strong. I am courageous. I am a warrior. Um, Dylan Orcott, the champion Australian wheelchair tennis player and an all-round good guy, has got that great one that he came up with, which is, again, he says, fuck it, I know I'm a good person. I'm just going to have a go. How much more empowering that is holding yourself back through a, another limiting belief that we've talked about. So three steps. Find one of your beliefs. Start to chip away at it by questioning it. And the third one is to come up with either grab one of those statements, for examples, that I've given or find something that just switches it around and it'll just give you something else to focus on and start to reframe and, and, and come up with a better version of yourself through changing the thoughts you're having. Um, something that I've been thinking about lately for um, a lot of the parents who are also athletes and training, um, something that I've been embodying in my own running. Um, There's a New Zealand Maori proverb about their war god, and the war god was said to be warlike away from home and a father in the home. So, you, you know, if you want to embody being a warrior when you're training, and then you come back and you're that, you know, awesome mother or father or partner in the home, this is another way you can identify, you can identify and embody a belief to take it on um, to start to change the way you can access more of your potential. So maybe you have to listen to this one again. There's a lot of examples I've kind of thrown out there. There's also a little bit of bad language in there, but sometimes accessing that bad language is a way to let go of your perfectionism, let go of who you think you have to be or the training session that you think you should do or who you're trying to live up to or who you're trying to impress and you just go, I'm just going to have a crack and see what happens. And sometimes freeing it yourself up for, for, can, can stop yourself comparing yourself to other people or to the person that you think you have to be and just get out there, have fun, and that's really when you're going to access your most uh, amount of potential. So I hope you get something out of it. Uh, as always, let me know, uh, athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com. That's athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com. I love getting your feedback. I love getting your questions so that I can do an even more useful podcast for you. So please send anything through that you want. uh, And looking forward to the next one.